Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm a big numbers guy. I love the number one. It's my favorite number. I love the number three. I had three people in my family. Tesla was obsessed with three. He said the world wouldn't exist without the number three. I don't remember why. This is the JT and Looney podcast, episode 133, powered by our partners at Bet Online. The number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find out all the latest odds, news, and sports developments from Major League Baseball, the NFL, the latest fighting news. You know I love the sweet science. Not only boxing, I love MMA and UFC as well. Mad respect. You know you can like chocolate and vanilla ice cream. You can like the NBA and the NFL. You can like UFC and boxing. You know you can like cheeseburgers and pizza. You don't have to pick UFC versus boxing, but I digress. Bet online. They have Wimbledon finals odds, too, and the next uh, next season's early NFL futures. Head to bet online. Use your phone or, or just your personal computer at home. You get a 50% sign-up bonus, a welcome bonus on your first deposit just for being friends with the JT and Looney podcast. You just got to use our promo code BELIEVE, as in the Believe Radio Network, B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V. Get the bonus. Get into action. Bet online where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. Hello, Tom Looney, my podcast partner. Hi, how you doing? Good. Why don't we free Brittany Griner instead of talking about all the other shit going on in sports? Why don't we take a WNBA superstar, an American citizen who's been unlawfully detained in Russia and try to get her the hell out as she's being walked through this Russian court system and no one's covering it? Would you love the the top stories today at ESPN.com? Oh, Arch Manning. Would Mayfield consider going back to the Browns? Oh, Westbrook opted in. John Wall is getting paid off all of this shit is driving me crazy there's an american athlete detained in russia for having a vape pen as russia is bombing the shit out of ukraine and we can't do anything about it other than arm ukraine and Brittany griner is going to sit in that jail p- potentially for 10 years and we can't get her out could you imagine if it was an nba player it's sexism it's a lot of different things and you know it's another thing is we're not sticking up for american citizens enough you're right not only Brittany grinder the an american citizen is the mayor of kiev i can't point that out enough Vitaly klitschko and his brother both former heavyweight champions came to the united states became american citizens an american citizen we should be sticking up for him we should be pointed out more often he should get tons of exposures Brittany grinder should be getting more exposure you know that saudi journalist was an american citizen that they cut up with a butter knife in the embassy they don't emphasize that enough he was a naturalized american citizen but i guess because his name wasn't john doe that uh, we didn't cover it. But yeah, it's, uh, it is quite upsetting that we're not emphasizing that enough. Yeah, it, it's a shame because she's an openly <clears throat> gay. She's married to her wife who's trying to get in touch with the State Department and diplomats. The communication is terrible. Look, I know there are people work, working behind the scenes in Washington right. to try to rectify this. Again, if you've watched 60 Minutes, I've never missed the 60 Minutes. Right. True story, never missed one. And you know that, that 60 Minutes two or three weeks ago, had a story on a gentleman whose job is to get people out of these situations. There's like departments in the right. government that do this all around the world. 
the problem that fascinates me is we're basically a, a sports and a lifestyle podcast and two friends that just talk together is right now at ESPN.com, the homepage has Mayfield on the Browns, Westbrook 47.1, ACC latest to drop divisions, F1's Hamilton condemns for a racial slur, point, uh, point quad tear among Bolt's injuries and finals, and then it goes into the Dodgers and what I'm seeing here. And the fact that ESPN.com, one of the biggest platforms that I only look at, I don't look at much other than ESPN.com and Yahoo Sports, doesn't have this blistering on their homepage with their best talent talking about it constantly. I know we got to get back to sports, but she's a human. She's an American iconic athlete, and she's sitting in a cell, and it looks like she's getting nothing accomplished. Uh, What do Americans love to do more than anything else? How often do I talk about this to you publicly and privately? What do we do at NFL games every Sunday in every stadium? We roll out an American flag 100 yards wide, and we play the national anthem at a sporting event. Not sure why, but we do. And we love to talk about how we love our country. But a lot of times we don't. This would be loving your country by covering this story at ESPN, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, CNN. Covering this story heavily would be loving your country in the best way possible to stick up for a fellow citizen who right now is pretty much a political prisoner because of a vape pen. Let's love our country and talk about her more. We should be talking about her a lot. Uh, there yep. should be a countdown on Nightline every night. Uh, they, there should be yep. people talking about it in their politically charged monologues on comedy shows that have guests who are politicians talking about this at length. Look, there's a lot happening in the world now. The January 6th hearings, inflation, the markets, the war in Ukraine and all that. But Brittany Griner should be talked about. So I've made the commitment to talk about her or mention it. To the best of my ability every night. Am I making a difference? Probably not. But in my mind, I feel like I'm doing the right thing because I can no longer stand for this injustice. And the fact it's really complicated because she wasn't moving heroin. She wasn't moving a lot of cocaine. She was playing in Russia. You want another deep story? She was playing in Russia because of the amount of money you can't make in the WNBA. So you have to have other jobs. It reminds you of the NFL in the 50s and 60s where guys were parking cars in Vegas right. and working side jobs selling insurance. So she goes and plays in this league, and she's in Russia, and she gets detained for a vape pen and the oil in a vape pen. She didn't get caught with a gun, ammunition, hard drugs at all. And in Russia, it's 2022. So whatever the rules are in Russia, they should be changing and evolving on this issue. And for an American... I just can't believe that Biden, who won't pick up the phone to Putin now because Putin's conducting a mass murdering war, how someone in the State Department can't get a friend. All these guys are friends. They see each other at the Russian embassy. They see each other overseas in Geneva. Pull someone aside in the garden and say, hey, this is a really bad look. She's an athlete. We like her back. You have athletes who play in America from Alex Ovechkin to Russians who are playing around the world, we'd like you to do us a favor and then you can conduct your war. 
One thing that you said that I disagree with, you can't say you should change your laws. Let our person go who was breaking your laws. Got to be a, one thing Americans got to remember when you go into foreign countries, it's a foreign country. You know, they make an announcement when you fly into Chinese airspace. I went to my brother's wedding in Indonesia in 2000 and you had to fly into Chinese airspace to change planes. And they remind you that if you do have any illegal drugs that you've brought from America, the penalty is death. <laughs> and so uh, you can't sit there at the airport and argue with them to change their policy as they take you off to the gallows. You have to also make sure when you, you be travel. I, but I don't think you should be incarcerated. You should be incarcerated for oil, uh, marijuana. No. Oh, my, you're absolutely right about that. Matter. Well, for a, more, for a ridiculous period of time, and sometimes when you do, when you do, um, commit small infractions in another country, they just deport you. They just send you home, which they would have done already under normal circumstances. But now she's a political prisoner and puppet because of the crap that's going on in the Ukraine, because they have an insane leader in Russia. It's just, I just want to lead the podcast off with this and get this in here because it's insanity. And the thing about sports today is Brittany Griner was just brought in for a court appearance. So it is mainstream news. It is on the ABC Evening News. It's on CBS This Morning. It's on Fox News and MSNBC. And the sports world just won't cover it. Again, as I tweeted out, these are the current headlines at ESPN.com. No mention of Brittany Griner. I'm not making this up. And I just think a little bit more attention has to get going on this topic going forward. And I don't know how they're going to get, it, get her out, but they got to concentrate more on the fact that this needs to be a priority. As you just said, what would happen if this was an NBA an NBA basketball player with a bigger name than Brittany Griner. Oh, this could this could just as easily be Tom Brady or because football players even have more pain than uh, the NBA players do. And WNBA players, even though they have plenty uh, football players love the marijuana, not because they're rebels, but because it helps them with their pain. And it's like getting in a car accident every Sunday, and then you have to deal with that for the rest of your life. So this could also be anybody all the way up to Tom Brady that this could be happening to. And then that would be on the front of Yahoo or ESPN. I go to CBSSports.com all the time, too. And I'm taking a look at that, as you mentioned that. And the headlines are about the Cowboys, the SEC, the Braves, the ACC, uh, Watson, Westbrook, Major League Baseball suspension for the Mariners, Angels brawl, uh, maybe I'll John Wall, right little there. John Wall. There's nothing about her. Let me stop you right there. You, you just nailed it. You just jumped at me with the base brawl in Anaheim. Really good fight. Really, finally, we've got a good base brawl right, that we could talk <laughs> yeah. about, and that's getting more coverage than Brittany Griner. Oh, bunch way of guys, more. Bunch of guys going, don't hit me, don't hit me, hold me back, hold me back. And that is like the top of the hour on every sports center for two days and not Brittany Griner. And thank you for reminding me. I've been anchoring the news at uh, KABC in Los Angeles. And I, you know, a lot of times with sports, it's I, in the newscast, I spend 10 to 15 seconds on sports, usually Dodgers and Angels this time of year, and that's it. I should just, you know, and at nighttime where I've been working now, uh, my boss doesn't always like partial scores on the air. So. Uh, really, and then there, are, there are in Colorado. Oh, you mean five three in the bottom of the six? Yes. Yeah, right. And, put that and, on KBC. and I couldn't agree more. I don't even like it in sports stations. So uh, I remember I didn't like that at night. There was too much, uh, too many other interesting things going on. I should just ditch that 
for the Brittany Grinder day count. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I thank you for the inspiration yourself because you do it every day. I can now do it every time I'm anchoring. Thank you. Well, I hope you get the publicity because I'm doing three different platforms this week. Sirius XM, Mad Dog. I'm doing uh-huh. Raider Nation Radio, and I'm filling in for Jim Rome in L.A. on radio and TV. And I, can't, I can't get a blurb. I, I can't get a write-up. In, in, I can't get a, 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 a consultant doesn't even pick that up. The guy who's done more hours than anyone in radio history. The guy who's on three different platforms this week. But we'll celebrate the broad out of the month. <laughs> the producer, let's do a column on the uh, producer. Not that there's anything wrong with the great producer. We've had the best ones. Oh, we, we have best of the best. But uh, yeah, I digress. So let's stay with basketball and get- wait, 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 wait. Before you digress, tell me about this Jim Rome TV stuff you're doing. Uh, I want to hear all about it. Are you doing it from Vegas? Are you coming into LA? Are you doing both? How's it going? I'm coming into Costa Mesa okay. in LA to do uh, Thursday, Friday. And then I'm going to come back and do July 6th and the 14th and 15th. It's really a great honor. I won his first smack off. He just had his, I think, 28th smack off. And to have the opportunity to sit in, it's simulcast on CBS Sportsnet. It's fun. It's just another opportunity to do three hours. They have more breaks than I'm used to, or I have to go longer at night, like a long haul trucker that we often talk about. (laughs) Good guest and TV. So my mom and dad could watch back in New York. And it ties me to that you know, stage of my career where I started. I started on that platform as a caller. And now to come back and and have that opportunity to host, it's always a fun time. Can you do all of us a favor? Can can you ditch the Wolf of Wall Street suit? I know you spend a lot of money in your suits. If you're going to wear a suit, by the way, wear a tie. Or... Uh, or, or wear like a big orange Syracuse shirt or Geneseo State University shirt, something that you you have a blue collar reputation. No. You have an, you, in the uh, in the world that you've you're you're one of the icons in sports talk. So you haven't always had blue collar paychecks, but you you have a blue collar sound. You've always been the voice of the fan. Why don't you dress like one? Yeah, I'll mix it up a bit, but I like yes. I like that Chris shirt and the sports coat as in a professional. I know you do environment nothing wrong with that because one thing about the jim rome show and other show shows everybody criticizes everyone Ooh, i know, <laughs> I know. Gray, their hair is a little bit of gray oh my right. god they they they, lo- they got a little bit heavier or they did that oh right that, that's one of those platforms that you got to look at you don't look at your twitter for two or three don't days no way it's just very well twitter has turned twitter is a great place for people who didn't enjoy high school see i enjoyed high school played football and had great friends i was in the plays I just, yeah, I was, I was running for mayor constantly in high school. I smoked cigarettes with the boys in the boys' room. I was all things to all people. I had a great time in high school. But for people who didn't, all of a sudden it's revenge time. You can make fun of the fat person, or you can make fun of someone's hair, or you can comment on someone's looks, which you should never do after you're a teenager. You should stop doing that. But no, all of a sudden it's high school all over again for the rest of us, maybe for the rest of our lives with this goddamn internet. Maybe Elon Musk will have more rules now on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Trolls and all that. But staying in basketball, there's a couple of quick topics that I know you want to hit on. First, Russell Westbrook opted in. So they have these wild contracts now in sports where you can oh, opt yeah. out or you can opt in. What's fascinating about opting in, it's usually guys like Kyrie and Russell Westbrook who have the most ridiculous contracts of all time. And it's like, oh, they, are they going to opt in for $36 million or Russell Westbrook $47 million? <laughs> are they going to opt out? And in the NFL, you can opt out. You can actually opt out and get more money. 
you could be at like the top being a quarterback and you could say that, you know, your contract's done. You're not going to stay with your team. Your team wants you for more. Devontae Adams is a great example. He's here in Vegas. He wanted to get out of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers was taking up all the noise in the room. Back-to-back MVPs really helped make Devontae Devontae. He went to Vegas because he wanted to play with Derek Carr, his college roommate and his college quarterback. That's the coolest thing in the world. Now, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, I just love this topic so much. It's got so much that I like about sports. There's chaos. There's confusion. He's one of the greatest 75 players of all time. Fact, not fiction. He was brought out with the ceremony, the Blue Blazer. He's a top 75 player of all time. He forgot how to play basketball. He <laughs> forgot how to play basketball. Just he, as he got to my Lakers. He, he, what is he known for? He's known for speed and being mm, fast oh and gosh. getting to the rim. I, I don't think, and I'm being honest with this, I don't think I've ever seen a player play harder, harder in my career than Russell Westbrook. Yep. Jordan played extremely hard. Okay, and you can go through players. Iverson didn't practice, but he played oh, his ass off every yeah, game. Yep. You know, I didn't see Allen Iverson raising his hand to come out of a game, and he was going up against seven footers and getting thrown to the ground. Well, his last year in the NBA, he was one of the top guys in minutes. Yeah, he was incredible. So when it comes to Westbrook, what fascinates me is he can take the ball out of bounds and get to the rim for a layup and one better than anyone I can recall. And he can score in the paint. And he can, he can really great on the fast break. What happened was his jump shot has deteriorated over the years when Magic Johnson's jump shot got, got better. better. Okay, got better. Kobe's jump shot got better. So what happens is there isn't a coach, Frank Vogel, and now it's Darvin Ham that could sit him down. If JT the Brick was the coach, if I were king, I would sit Russell down before every game and go, here's the deal. If you take a shot, if you take a three-pointer, I'm sitting you the entire game. That's all I do. I'd keep it really stupid, simple, and say, do whatever the hell you want. Pass the ball, rebound, triple double king. If I see you shoot from beyond the arc where you're the worst percentage guy in the league, you're coming out of the game. Do you think Darvin Ham can do that now that Russell has opted in for forty-seven million, Tom? It's tough. It's tough. And as you as a financial advisor and a former Wolf of Wall Street, I suppose, uh, if you were his friend, and he does have his same circle of friends. I admire that about him. He's married his high school sweetheart. His circle of friends mostly includes his family. He's really old school in that way, very kind of conservative. And he, uh, I'm sure you would have recommended to him as a financial advisor to opt in to his $47 million contract. Would you have done that? Yeah, I would yeah, opt in exactly. to do that. The only way and, I would have and, and I also think you would have recommended as this coach, right, don't take threes. You know, what I would ask him also to do, uh, being a guy that watches almost every Laker game, is work on his layups. <laughs> he missed a lot of those this year. He gets so out of control and starts going so fast, he's missed some of his control even with the uh, the gimmies. So I, uh, it was it was tough to watch him this year. God. I think it's really simple on how to fix him. Just have okay. him control the basketball, play point guard, and facilitate. You know, there's a lot of point guards. Like Steph Curry's a point guard. Sometimes right. people think he's a two. No, he's not. He he handles the ball. The ball comes through the basket from the other team. He handles he it brilliantly. And he yep. brings it up. Right? And then he, so Russell needs to do that more. And what it's done, here's what really pissed me off the most about this this week. This is what I came up with the term. Another thing I don't get credit for, it's about me today is I came up with the term the dead zone, me, in sports radio. And that's the moment where hockey ends. Hockey ends, and not that anybody talks hockey on radio anymore. <laughs> Hockey's over. There's no NFL. The NFL is actually on vacation. Dirty secret. This 
is the week or two that the NFL goes on vacation. They kick the coaches out of the building and the players and say, take your wives to Disneyland, go fishing, go camping, because you're never having a day off the rest of your life when you come back other than the bye week. And most coaches stay back for the bye week. So there's no NBA, there's no hockey, there's no NFL, and there's just baseball, as George Carlin would say, where they wear a cap. (laughs) (laughs) Because they play in a park. So when it comes to this, I look at the NBA, and the NBA has done a brilliant job of now taking the space away from the NFL. Oh my last, God. Year, last year, Aaron Rodgers was great. He drove the, the needle when it came to you know, his drama of his yogurt cleanse and his Hollywood girlfriend that no one ever remembered her name and never will. <laughs> but NBA free agency can be really good, especially if a player is a real free agent, Tom, and he's leaving. Like the deal's up. And there's no restrictions. He's not going to opt in or out. And he's a free agent, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, and they could go to another team. But now we have this thing about opting in and opting out. And there were guys on national media who were putting up charts and top tens Mm -hmm. and really believing that Kyrie would opt out and take the veteran minimum of $6 million to play in your backyard in Los Angeles. I'm sure, I'm sure you saw some of that crap on television. Yeah, I did, and I, you know, I, kept, I kept hoping to get to Could you imagine that your team is really in such a spot that you're hoping to get Kyrie Irving? Could you, <laughs> could you imagine what a spot my team is in that I was uh, lighting candles, hoping the flat earther would come to the Los Angeles Lakers? He did win a title with LeBron, and... And they do not handle each other, it seems. But I, in some ways, also, I was relieved when he resigned with the Nets because I didn't have to then deal with him. Yeah, and let's let's revisit what he did with the Nets. He didn't get vaccinated. He get, didn't get the jab. It's ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight percent of basketball players did. And I'm just throwing out numbers here. Uh, I would bet over seventy-five percent of NBA players could care less about the vaccine and probably wouldn't have got it unless they were told they needed to Mm -hmm. to play and be on a team and make those enormous paychecks. So all of them, literally, there were like three guys who didn't do it. So he, he decided to be one of them. He had no background education on this. He didn't explain it. He thought he was going to get a lot of credit for being, I'm going to stand alone and not get vaccinated because of my, my what you have no beliefs. No one gives a shit about your opinion. You're not smart. So and it doesn't heard- help when you're a flat earther, when you're telling people not to get a vaccine. We need <laughs> a better background would be fine. Why people, why people think that we will, someone will listen to a basketball player over a doctor is beyond me. But I guess there are some people. Who so by not being available to play in Brooklyn for the home games, he buried the team in the standings. So he buried the team. So when you're in the play in and you have to come out, and you play Boston and they didn't win a game. Think of that. They didn't win a game with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and I think all the games were close and came down to the wire. So he is the reason, not Kevin Durant. He's the reason because of their lo- their terrible seed that they had. To, if, if he played every game and got the jab, they would have been the two seed, the three seed, the five seed, and they wouldn't have had that matchup. And then maybe they would have found a rhythm in the first round beating an inferior team and then moved on. But he was the cause of that. And now – he truly, I got to give uh, everybody in the Nets credit. Bobby Marks and the team, the, the brass said, go ahead. Go ahead. We're not signing you long term. Go take a look at some of your options. If you, if you find a sign and trade, let us look at it. And nothing happened. Radio silence. So now he's sitting there telling everybody how great he is. This poetic tweet about how unique he is for opting in for $36 million. The guy's lost his mind. Well, 
how much different is his mind than Kevin Durant's mind? Are you are you are you are you firmly ensconced in the belief that Kevin Durant has a sound mind? I think his mind wanders. Like mine does when I DM people. <laughs> I think time to time our minds wander. Okay. I think he's got a lot of time on his hand because he's a unique, global, iconic athlete. And other than shooting up buckets and working out, he has nothing to do other than look at tech projects and play on the internet and use his thumbs on his phone, and that tends to get away from him. It, it does, and I wish he would stop looking. It's amazing to me when people have earned a platform, and you know how hard NBA work, players work to get to where they are, uh, or, or anybody else in any other profession when they end up having a million followers or 100,000 followers or, or, or whatever. Uh, when you've earned that platform and you've worked hard for it, uh, I, you you don't need to read the comments. You've earned a platform. They've earned enough money to buy a phone. You have a platform. They have a phone. Don't read the comments. Why read them if it's going to bother? Especially if you know. <clears throat> I stopped reading them pretty much 99% of the days I, I log on to Twitter. I stopped reading them ever since Kaepernick. Things started getting uglier with Kaepernick. And if you had a different opinion than anti-Kaepernick, then you got some pretty nasty tweets over there. So I just stopped reading them because I, I know I'm a July 18th baby. I'm a moon child. I'm a cancer. I'm sensitive. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I won't read them. So I just stopped reading them. Is it that hard not to read the comments? I'm asking a guy who can't stop reading his comments. Well, Is it that hard, JT, not to read the comments? Well, when it comes back to Durant, uh, I okay. think what happens with Durant is Durant made the big decision to leave Steph Curry and a great team and an mm -hmm. organization, and it was a really good chance that that was going to blow up in his face. Well, and it, did. Yeah, well, it was ballsy. Good for him. It was ballsy, and it didn't affect him financially, but no. it could affect his legacy. You know, Durant's got two rings. I've always told you our career on the radio together on this podcast, you only need one. You only need one ring. Yep. If you get one ring, you get introduced at banquets as a world champion. You don't need six. You don't have to have four out of eight. You just yep. have to have one. So Durant's already put that in his rearview mirror, the championships and the final MVPs. But he hooked up with Kyrie Irving. James Harden, let's not forget, he's got an awful contract. He might get rewarded. Because Philadelphia is looking at him going, oh, my God, you're a 40-plus million-dollar guy, too. Your contract expires next year. We might give you another two years because if we don't, we're fucked. We're not going to get James Harden, and we're not going to get a player near James Harden. And they don't trust James Harden and like him either. I think the big topic that I wanted to put in this podcast is that we're rewarding athletes, some of them, with the most ridiculous con uh, uh, contracts in sports history. And they don't live up to it. I, I hosted it on my show and talked about this the other night. Now, when I look at the best contracts in all of sports, Steph Curry is going to make $47 million, $51 million, coming up $53 million, $55 million. No one's saying a word. Everyone's right. like, man, that's pretty good. No one, Joe Lake of the owner of the Warriors isn't having a secret meeting with Peter Gruber, uh, Gruber as you know, the, the Hollywood financier and the movie maker saying, Holy cow, how do we get out of this Steph thing in two years? He's just getting older. They're like, no, let's pay Steph because every ticket's sold and our gift shop and our merchandise goes through the roof. Then you sit here and John Wall gets bought out of his contract for roughly $40 million by the Rockets to go to the Clippers 
Oh, and Clipper stick. This is great. The last three years, I got this. Uh, give me a second to bring it up on Twitter. The last three years for John Wall, and this is how desperate the Clippers are for any attention at all in Los Angeles, any way they can look at it. Here it is. Signed a four-year deal in 2019 for $171 million. Year one, zero games, $38.3 million cashed. Year two, 40 games played, $41 million cashed. Year three, zero games, $40.9 million cashed. Oh, my God. This, this upcoming year, $6.5 million returned to Houston on this $40 million contract, and Houston will pick up the rest of it. So for the Clippers, I understand why they they feel pretty good. They're getting a guy at a, a mid-level exemption of 6 to $7 million bucks, who just has upside because he hasn't played. But for the Rockets and the league to be on the hook for this contract, it's, it's insane. I think when you take a look at John Wall's career in the NBA and the injury problem, et cetera, it's, you just talked every college athlete into skipping the bowl game or, or skipping the national championship game so you don't get hurt before you sign the contract, right? Get hurt after you sign the contract. That's the one thing you can learn from John Wall. Get hurt after you sign that thing. You know my, what might be the worst contract in sports and no one talks about it? No, no, you won't come up with this. If I gave you 100 guesses, you'd go for 99. Going into 100. Okay. guy by the name of Mike Trout. Oh, Mike, yeah. Mike Trout signed a 12-year, $426 million contract. All he does is hit home runs against the Mariners. That's it. <laughs> he plays the Mariners, and he had six home runs. They don't make the playoffs. They don't win in the playoffs. They don't get World Series rings. But no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to bring up Mike Trout. Oh, he's like a Superman. He gets hurt. He slides into second, jams his thumb. When he is hot and healthy, oh, my God, he's like Babe Ruth. But the contract doesn't make the playoffs. So how bad is that deal? Well, it's one of those things where – and how unlucky are we here in Southern California that there are three irrelevant teams, a great market, Los Angeles, great city to live in. We know, I know it has its warts, but wow. And we've got three of the most irrelevant teams in sports with the Clippers, the Angels, and the Chargers. Oh, we have – look, look, those – they should – they're triplets. They're triplets. They're triplets. When you were in Amsterdam, were you when you were in Liverpool – did you see anybody with an Angels hat or a Clippers hat or a Chargers hat? No. You see, no, you know, you don't. You might see Yankees. You might see Chicago Bulls. You might see a skinny European. Wearing oh, a wait Bulls a or... second. When I was in London, I saw yeah. the Chargers a team bus handing out hats and bagels <laughs> at Piccadilly Circus. They were handing it out to everybody saying, please be our fans. Please be our fans. <laughs> but yes, yeah. very good point. I like how you're calling UK credit for that. When I steal it, I'm calling that the Southern California triplets. That is genius. Oh man. And they, and it, well, because we've always talked about it. You and I, as long as we've known each other about those three, whenever those three franchises come up individually, we've never called them the triplets until this moment. But how the, the, the probably the three smallest fan bases, arguably, uh, uh, in sports are right, unbelievably, in one of the most populated areas in the country. I'm dying to hear about the Elvis movie. I'm dying to go to the Elvis movie. Oh, good. You will. You'll love it. I oh. cannot wait. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Looney's review on the magnificent, the star-studded Tom Hanks 
as a colonel, I want to hear about Elvis. Must-see? Must-see movie? Oh, absolutely a must-see movie. And, you know, when you take a look at nutrition, it's uh, it's cake, it's not steak. It's dessert. It's not filet mignon. It's your creme brulee is what, is what it is. And what's wrong with creme brulee? It's incredible. Or, in your case, carrot cake. It's a blistering, turbocharged chronicle of the king who really exploded into our lives when he died and then became so huge after death and much more of a moneymaker after death, as a lot of stars are, because Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley and Prince can't spend their money (laughs) because they're not alive. It's an electrifying performance by Austin Butler as Elvis, most likely it'll be an Academy Award nomination because that's a that's a tough role to play. Everyone always everyone already knows that character he pulled really it off well. From young Elvis <clears throat> all the way to uh, Las Vegas Elvis. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. And Tom Hanks, of course, is always great. He played Colonel Parker. They really did. Uh, not that Tom Hanks is a GQ model, but they really did a great job too with makeup and weight because tom hanks doesn't weigh like that giving tom hanks a huge extra chin and he was incredible as uh, as colonel tom parker and you know throughout the throughout history we only really know colonel tom parker if you pay attention to you know rock and roll history and entertainment history as elvis's agent manager but not much more than that and I know one of the critiques of the movie was too much Colonel Tom Parker, which would mean too much Tom Hanks. There's no such thing as too much Tom yeah, Hanks. That, that's not that's a good problem to have. Too much Tom. Hanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's really kind of I would call it riotly, uh, riotously audacious work and a kind of a kaleidoscope portrait of Elvis and his you know and his puppet master promoter. And uh, it, it, it was a pretty amazing too about Colonel Tom Parker is. And I, I don't know that I'm giving much away here is that he was a kind of a man without a country. And I guess he was an illegal immigrant with no papers. And so when Elvis went off to the armies, I'll stay here and take care of your, your mom and your dad. Uh, yeah, of course you will. <laughs> Cause he couldn't go with him because he couldn't leave the country. So, and he was a guy that grew up in carnivals. I love stories like that. They both have similar stories. They both have really cool rags to riches stories. So no wonder even though maybe Colonel Tom Parker at some point should have been ditched by Elvis. Elvis couldn't ditch him because in a lot of ways they were twins and Elvis lost a twin brother at birth. So it was almost like the twin brother he lost at birth, but a father figure as well. Outstanding film. What I like is that Austin Butler, I like when young actors and I would say he's unknown to me, until this yeah i didn't know him i I didn't watch glee believe it or not so he comes around (laughs) and he's able to now take this take this role and it'll catapult him into movie greatness with a nomination which he should get i agree i didn't see the picture yet i will and and that'll be fun to see someone who's so creative and so talented take on a role and with a baz lerman taking him under the wing and a lot of baz's movies in the past has always been about the cinematography and the lights i always loved this lighting and what was going on in the glitz and glamour of the movies he's done in the past so i'm sure this helped this young actor because the background what i'm seeing on the trailer the 1968 special the scenes where elvis is young and at the fair look incredibly detailed and photographed beautifully 
Yeah, you know, there was a four-part documentary. Uh, there is a four-part documentary on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix of the of the history of the circus, which would be actually an excellent thing for anyone to watch maybe after you watch this uh, this Elvis movie, which is also which will really get you into who Colonel Tom Parker really is. And in a lot of ways, they were so much the, t- the same two odd, lonely children reaching for eternity. I think that was the quote from Colonel Tom Parker to uh, to Elvis. Uh, whenever they would, Elvis would think about firing him. He would remind them, uh, you know, without me, there would be no Elvis. He would remind Elvis and he would talk to them about their similarities rather than their differences. Well, what I'm excited about the Elvis movie is the fact that I just got back from Liverpool and I saw the Beatles in the cavern where the Beatles played. And then I saw the Stones, the world's greatest rock and roll band. And then, you know, to have that on my brain now to see that, to see that history up close. I've been to Graceland. So I love the fact that they did some media hits inside Graceland in the monkey room with Lisa Marie Priscilla and this young actor. I watched that. I was blown away. So I I think that made me trust the movie a little bit less that uh, that Lisa Marie loved him, loved him, loved Austin Butler and loved the movie. However, okay, so that meant it wasn't going to be gritty. And it wasn't gritty. You couldn't do a really gritty movie about Elvis Presley. Please tell me they, they showed some depth in the hotel room in Vegas and what was happening after he be, was leaning towards Fat Elvis, the drugs, the alcohol. Oh, yeah, definitely. You had to call in the doctor. It wasn't too graphic or dark when, you know, when they called in the doctor, but they didn't leave that out. They didn't leave that out in any way. And another thing I think you would like, too, is he didn't do what we see so many fighters do and so many entertainers. He didn't eventually fire his father. Uh, he kept his father as his business business manager. He was loyal to ter- Colonel Tom Parker. And loyalty is, if I may speak for you, because I'm speaking for myself, I'm projecting it to you. It is our favorite virtue, loyalty. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we have the same. You have the same. We both have the same friends since first grade. Yeah, we do. And and so uh, several. And uh, when we talk about our friends, it's a lot of times the same names, and they've been with us for eternity. And so uh, same thing with him had, uh, you know, with his mom and his dad. And he was so close. He made his dad his minute as business manager. He lived with his mom and dad at Graceland or they lived with him and the house he bought when he was in his 20s. It's just a great story. Well, the, what I use is five bricks, best out of five bricks. I gave the offer on Paramount four and a half. One of my highest ratings. I love that. A uh, couple of movies, Top Gun, I believe I gave four bricks mm-hmm. out of five. I thought that was great. In the loony scale of life and movies, uh, what do you have for Elvis? Oh, one to ten. I'm just coming off it. I'll give it a nine. It's hard not to like this movie. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to be up for best picture, most likely. But uh, but it will because we've added ten now. We're so gutless in America. Oh, we you're right. Five, <laughs> we went five and we went yeah. to ten, so okay. we can include. We yes. can include Marvel movies and other movies. We can include all. You're that. goddamn right. In order to bring in younger people, they're so paranoid about the goddamn ratings for the Oscars. In order to bring in younger people, <clears throat> you're right. It, it may get it may get a nomination, but it's a, it's it's really an outstanding film, and I think you'll love the loyalty and the you know and the, it's also. The influence he had. There's great influence, the African American influence in his life, and the uh, and and the yeah the church, the black church, and friends, because he was one of the he was the only white boy living in a black neighborhood in Mississippi. It was real, you know, because his father was in jail. It's a really, I mean, there. I I don't know if I knew that, 
So it's an out, you know, and his father would bounce to check or something, you know, it was something 50s related because his father was in jail or the 40s or whatever, some stupid reason his father was in jail. But uh, that part of it, I'm not sure I, I knew he was influenced by black music. I did not know he was friends with B.B. King or how many, uh, how deeply he was influenced by black music. Maybe that's like not knowing Larry Bird was a good defender, but I didn't know. If I, maybe I forgot about that. But God, it was a good movie. We'll see you after the 4th of July. Please share the podcast. It's the only way these things work is when you share it with other people if you enjoy it. And we'll see you after the 4th. Thank you for listening to all 39 minutes and 16 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by our friends at Bet Online. Is this mic overmodulated? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.